Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Racing Boys, and if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know the funny thing about that is? The Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done! It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. Todd Surprise running the show. Kirk Elliott, my partner for the last 23 years. And uh, we can't thank you enough for joining the show today. Marie, God bless you. You're always one of the first people to tune in. Tim up at Iowa City, he's watching today as well. And um, everything's going pretty good. Kirk, what do you think? Uh, yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of racing to watch this weekend as far as dirt racing is concerned. So that's kind of a light weekend. Marie has been pumping me full of a lot of news, Kirk. I, I don't know if you know this, but Marie always sends me some messages about what's going on out in PA. Did you know that? I did know that. Right. Thank you, Marie, for doing that. She is uh, maybe the most loyal listener that we have, besides Tammy. Tammy and, Tammy's pretty good, pretty good as well. And what is the latest news that Marie has uh, sent us? Well, let let me get to my phone here and let me take a, a hard she look. She's clued in. Yeah. We had Jeremy Elliott on the show Saturday. He's uh, a great writer and reporter of sprint car racing out in Pennsylvania as well. Kirk, Corey Eliason has been let go from CMS. Have you? Did you hear that? Uh, I had not heard that. Right. The merry ground of uh, drivers continue on it's just a, a a vicious circle of people being let go hey you know what really bothers me kirk is that mike mauler after 10 years with the same race team that they're, they're splitting partner they're splitting uh, ways with ronnie delk racing the 157 car and i think there's going to be more to that story as uh we get through the next you few think days. Mike Marler's I think Mike Marler is landing another ride. That's do, what I think. Do you think there. he's going to get a better ride? Yeah, because, uh, you know, Mike had uh, a great relationship with Ronnie Delk for 10 years. I mean, those guys won a lot of races. They won three Knoxville late model nationals, and they won some other big events. And here just recently ran well out at Eldora Speedway in the Dirt Track World Championship right. and had put together some great runs with Ronnie Delk and those two guys, I think, are going to remain friends. But I think uh, Mike Marler has got some opportunities that he has yet to announce that uh, will make it all make sense here in the next few days. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let me let me give you a little read right here that uh, Marie sent me. Uh, I have made the decision to go to a different in a different direction with the eleven car in twenty twenty four. Corey Leighton Crouch Racing we're talking about. Corey, Corey is a great driver and even a better person, and I thoroughly enjoyed our time together and appreciate his commitment to CMS throughout the 2023 season. 
Corey brings an immense value. So what do you think about that, Kurt? Well, it's uh, like I say, the merry-go-round of drivers continue with the 11 car. Uh, we saw Betty Kofoid in that car earlier this year with right. uh, Leighton Crouch, and they parted ways. And I, 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 For me personally, I can't even get my head around why they would let Buddy Kofoid go. Well, I think it had to do with uh, there, there just wasn't the chemistry there. There wasn't the meshing of uh, personalities involved. You could see Buddy was not very happy over there early, early in the year. We saw that uh, as early as uh, U.S. 36 Raceway up in uh, Osborne. And, uh, you know, I walk around the pits there and at Lakeside Speedway, and you just kind of kind of tell that it just wasn't clicking. I think that was more of a situation of where personalities just didn't mesh. And Buddy has uh, found his way at Roth Motorsports, 83 car and Man, some other things. He'll 83, be just fine. Ju- 83 junior car. The 83 junior car. Yeah. So. Um, uh, but Buddy, so, Buddy has done just fine since then, so they put uh, Corey Elison behind the wheel of that car. Let me let me tell you what uh, Williams says on this post. He said, is this the 11 car that Schatz is rumored to drive in 2024? Well, we've heard that rumor, but I'm, I'm not convinced of that yet. We'll see. But it kind of makes you wonder what the future is. Donnie shots with Tony Stewart racing after some of the comments that Donnie made to us when, uh, you know, I say, hey, what do you think about Tony Stewart winning the drag racing down at Dallas over the weekend? And (laughs) Donnie shots responded by saying, I haven't talked to Tony a lot lately. Right. Yeah. So that kind of tells me that uh, hold on. things could be changing there. But Let, I, I don't see that happening that way. I, I see more if Donnie Schott's going back to doing their own thing more so than them working for somebody else. Let, let me ask you a question. Let me phrase this question to you. How many people do you think are going to leave the world of outlaws to run the high limit series? Because there's, there's so much more money going to be given away over there on that series you know those races pay up to twenty two thousand dollars right how many how many drivers you think will defect from the world of outlaws to go to the to the uh high limits race right away i don't think it's going to be a large number because i think the you know we talked about this on saturday morning that the world of outlaws is not going to take this lying down. They're going to be throwing some more money at this situation. I think the scheduling is still going to be a challenge for Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson initially to get the amount of races they're wanting to get and get the purse money to where they want it to be to challenge head-on the world of outlaws. I just don't think that's going to happen right away. And Jeremy Elliott agreed with that, and he doesn't think that this is all going to happen overnight either. I don't think a lot of drivers are going to defend. Brad Sweet, he's not going to drive full-time for the Outlaws next year. I'm pretty convinced of that. Let, let, me, let me ask the listeners out there, how many drivers do you guys think is going to leave the world of Outlaws to go run the High Limit Series? Just, just give me a number. If it's two, three, just kind of give me a number there um tammy says i agree with kirk maybe two teams will leave we got one driver coming on here just a few minutes we'll ask that question too and his name is david gravel right see what he has to say about all of this my guess is david gravel be driving for the world of outlaws next year 
with Phil Beats. Or, I mean, sorry, with uh, number uh, Carson Todd Mas- Queering. Carson Macedo drives for Phil Dietz. Uh, that's what I meant to say. Right. Excuse me, David Gravel drives for Todd Queering, the number two car. I think they're going to be driving for the World of Outlaws next year. But that's my thought. Yeah, no doubt. Phil Dietz, Carson Macedo, same thing. Well, it's their opportunity to take advantage of maybe a, a, a Donnie Schatz leaving, a Brad Sweet leaving, and it's their time to win a World of Outlaws championship. What do you think? Yeah, I just I just don't think there's going to be as many big changes right away in light of what's happened here and what uh, Brad and Kyle are doing with this uh, All-Star Series now morphed into the High Limit Series. I just don't think things will happen overnight uh, in that way. So I, I just don't see a whole lot of defections from the World of Outlaws right away. So Ryan Raglan, he says 10 teams will leave. And um, Marie says less than five. Oh, way less than five. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure of that, Kurt. What's Casey Kane going to do with the 49 car and uh, maybe his he, own nine car? Well, maybe he takes those teams. going to put – Maybe he takes those teams and runs them over there on the high limit side. Or does he, uh, you know, Brad Sweet is uh, not going to be full-time in the World of Outlaws next year. I predict that. And who's going to be in that 49 car next year, and where are they going to run? Uh, right. That, that'll be an open question. But I don't think we're going to see as many defections from the World of Outlaws as a lot of people seem to think. I'm, I'm going to guess – at, at the minimum, three, maybe four teams leave the World of Outlaws to go run the high limits. I don't even think there's going to be that many. Yeah. Well, I do. I believe that. You don't the believe? The World of Outlaws is still going to put out some pretty good money for their platinum so, members. So That's still going to be a pretty lucrative First of all, why would the World of Outlaws increase their pay? They pay $10,000 a race, right? That's what they pay. No, I'm sorry. The the money that they put up for the championship and also for their platinum members, I think, will go up. Do we know what the amount of money is going to be for the championship in the High Limits Series? Not for certain yet. But they, I think they'll want to get a big-time sponsor to underwrite a lot of that, don't you think? Yeah, no doubt. Especially if, if they're putting up a season-long points situation for the High Limits Series, which I would expect they do. Now, Kyle Larson, in a gaggle with reporters on Friday at, I think this was on Saturday, Saturday after we got off the air, Kyle Larson met with a gaggle of reporters at Martinsville Speedway and told those reporters that he sees the midweek series still being there and maybe expanded, plus how many of the formerly known as the All-Star Series events will there be there he says that's still a challenge to be worked out right now but he still sees the midweek series staying put and even expanding and we'll hear what brad sweet has to say because tentatively we he we couldn't get brad sweet on today's show uh but he texted back with me this morning and said will tomorrow work so we're gonna try to record an interview with uh, brad sweet tomorrow and get his thoughts about uh, where he thinks everything's going to go with the High Limit Series and his run for the championship. He still has a championship to win, which I'm sure is first and foremost 
on his mind right now. Brad Sweet winning his fifth straight championship, so right. we'll probably want to talk more about that than anything. But we'll ask him about what he thinks is going to happen uh, with the High 11th Series, and there's lots of announcements yet to come. Patrick says, good morning. Um, he said, boy, is the NHRA turning into a shit show. Without going into all of it, they have pissed me pissed off a lot of uh, their racers and fans, including this one. World Finals Drag Boat Racing is coming up this weekend in Chandler, Arizona. And uh, let me see what he says there. He's got a little more to say there. Uh, the word, the fastest boats with the best teams and drivers in the world will be there. At uh, the lake near, uh, is that Wild Horse Raceway Park where the drag strip is? And they've got a big uh, drag lake there. I assume that's where he's talking about. Right. Mar Marie says that Kane was running All-Stars a lot, so I expect him to run high limits. Could be. We'll just have to wait and see how well, that all works. The money is going to be over there on the high limit side, right? Well, maybe, maybe. I, I I don't I don't look for the eventually I would say yeah maybe not as much as a lot of people hold, think. Hold, right hold on a second. I I don't think the world of outlaws is going to increase their pay. I don't think they're going to do that. I think that that they are the king of of uh, sprint car racing, and I believe that they're not going to raise their pay. Why Why do you say that? Why wouldn't they? Because they don't need to. They sell out every race, Kirk. They 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 nearly sell out every race with the World of Outlaws. Do you do you get yeah, that? Yeah, but it's going to be a challenge for both these series to build up the car counts to keep this going. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of full-time racers in 410 sprint car racing that has the wherewithal to travel a West Coast to East Coast touring series. Uh, the Outlaws have, what, about a dozen drivers that traveled full-time on that series? How many how many teams in wing sprint car racing have the capability of doing a coast-to-coast -coast series 70 to 90 times a year, 90 dates? How, how, how many dates do you think? be a real challenge. How many dates do you think the World of Outlaw, the, the, uh, also, the high limit race is going to run? How many of those races? I don't, and, think, and, I don't think as many as the Outlaws run. I think away. it's going to be around 50. I would say that's probably an accurate yep. statement. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're just not, there's just not the number of race teams that have the wherewithal to uh, commit to one or the other and uh, and run the number of races that uh, are going to be out there. You're still going to have a, a certain amount of racers like Brian Brown and Rico and some others that like doing outlaw schedules, like picking and choosing where they want to be. That's an outlaw schedule, Kurt. Yeah, a true outlaw schedule. Right, no doubt about it. Um, uh, Marie says, I agree with Kirk. They will add more money at the end. And they will uh, prime drivers. What do you think, Kirk? Well, I think the World of Outlaws, the, with their own video company that I, does I these races, have generated more money over the last few years. They're going to have the wherewithal to add more money uh, to the to the pie for these racers, as well as the individual race purses. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
Um, less than 40 counting rainouts. That's what Marie says. What do you think, Kirk? How many races? 50? 60? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking around 50 for the high limit right away. Hmm. No, no more than that. Will they make a trip to the West Coast? I would say yes, since Brad Sweet, Kyle Larson, and Kobe Copeland promote Silver Dollar Speedway, the Gold Cup in September. I would assume that would be a high limit race. No doubt. I mean, you got to think it will be. So that would mean a trip to California and the West Coast for the High Limit Series. Yeah. Well, all I know is that we, we've got a really good show uh, lined up for you today. Um, Sam says World of Outlaws has paid the same amount of money for many years, which is $10,000 to win. And I, I, I don't think they're going to increase that purse. Well, they paid that the same all these many years because they really didn't have to raise the purse. They don't have to raise the purse now. Well, they do now because they've got a competition. No, they don't have to. They don't have to raise the purse. They've got a competitor now. The, the, the king of sprint car racing is the world of outlaws. Well, I would agree with that. And they'll continue to be the king in my estimation. But that's not going to be without adding to the booty for the drivers a little bit. I, I, I just, I don't see them. That's why did I say you I don't just see say, them. Did you just say add to the booty? Whatever you call the what did you mode. What did you just say? The Kurt? purse. He's a pirate. He's a pirate. <laughs> but they're not going to take this. That's why I say they're not going to take this laying down. Right. They're going to fight back. And they fight back with, and, and they have the ability to do that now with Dirt Vision and what that's generated for them. It's not just the grandstand gate that pays the bills now. They get a lot from Dirt Vision. And you got the other side of it with flow that's going to be a big factor with the success of High Limit Series. Yep. So you got these two big major video entities that have raised the whole stature of dirt track racing. The likes of even you and I may not have envisioned when we started out in the business ten years ago. Yep. It's a bit. This video streaming is a big business now. That's a big part of the equation that was not there when the World of Outlaws were challenged for supremacy with the National Sprint Car League and some other organizations hey, many years Kirk, ago. Kirk, Kirk, we were one of the first to do live video, right. weren't we? Huh? Yeah. We we did it for a lot of years, didn't we? So we we know what we know that what involves. We know a thing or two about a thing or two, well, don't we? We we've been down that road, and we right. also understand you and I understand how much it has grown to the point to where it outsized the racing boys to a, to a large extent to well, where we couldn't keep up. Listen, uh, that is the one of the reasons that we thought that we would get out of this this streaming business is because. We're radio guys. That's what we do, right? Well, we didn't have the resources too that we didn't have Flow the, and Dirt Vision had. Because ever uh, people are starting to pay these racetracks some money, and we yeah. couldn't afford to do that, right? Well, we did it as long as we could. Yeah. Well, and people we had a good time doing it. People don't realize that this streaming thing. It was. <laughs> They were doing a few high people were doing a few high school basketball games here and there, right? Yeah. On some type of service and 
but in order to stream the way we were streaming, yep, you know, you had to have you had to you had to really sink some money into it at the time when we were doing. If you guys remember, I was telling my wife about. It. Don't you remember our service? We were using that free service to stream on, and then they went to those commercials. Remember, they started embedding the commercials right. right in the middle of our show. Right. And we kind of changed right then. That was when we kind of went from just doing it to, you know, to really kicking up. And then we packed our bags and headed down to the, you know, down there in Arizona, New Mexico area, and set up down there and did our first real pay-per-view with video. And that kind of kicked everything off. We've got a video of Dave Disbane saying, look, what you guys are doing is pioneering, man. He, he, he said that, didn't he? Yeah, when we first got started, people were happy to see an image on a screen. If you had a camera yeah, exactly. and, and, and see the race cars live on the track, they were happy with that. And, That's no longer the case. Hey, Kirk, when we first started doing it, all we did was the A-Main, right? Yeah. Remember and that? we expanded to the whole show. Yeah. But at that time, there were no fancy graphics, and we had, you know, multiple cameras, but people were just happy to see an image on a screen. That's not the case today. No. People expect a television-quality broadcast on these video services. And you know what? That all costs a lot of money. It's a bunch of money. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, David Gravel is going to join us here on the show. And uh, we can't wait to get his thoughts about what's going on this weekend down at Charlotte. And uh, we might ask him a little bit about the high limits as well. So David Gravel is going to join us next here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. 
So here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I'm in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. 
Joining us on the show right now, he's currently second in the world of outlaw points, 50 points behind Brad Sweet. David Gravel joins us now. David, how you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing really good, man. I can't I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on the show today. Um, do, do you feel like you still got a chance at winning this championship? Uh, there's always a chance if the math is there. Um, <clears throat> I feel like, you know, Brad's going to have to have a, a bad night uh, outside the top ten and us running the podium one night to – to make it close enough but you know we'll just have to wait and see what happens it's it's a long shot but uh one dnf uh could change the whole thing yep no doubt well you got great momentum coming in after that dramatic win at devil's bowl speedway the last winner at devil's bowl uh first of all just talk about how you're able to pull that off that was quite a night yeah i mean that was a a long night, uh, interesting night, uh, emotional night, you know, uh, all, all in one. And uh, we just never had long green flag runs to, to really make anything happen. And luckily we had a long enough run there at the end where a lot of traffic uh, came into play and uh, was able to, you know, close in at the right time and, you know, just sneak by him there at the finish line. You know, it, it seemed like I was down there at Devil's Bowl that weekend and, it seemed like to me that that weekend was full of a lot of carnage during that race, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of wrecked race cars, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, just about about the track conditions, uh, just how challenging was it? Um, I thought the track conditions were, you know, decent. Um seems like they kind of overwatered the track uh both days and had the bottom really really sloppy and wet uh, but on saturday it finally got to where the bottom uh tacked up and came into play and that was kind of the dominant groove uh for the feature and uh you know the bottom got bottled up and was able to rip the top in three and four and you know pretty much you know he, he didn't move off the bottom the whole race and that's why sometimes it's better to be running second because right. I was able to try the top out a, a few times and see how it was and base myself off of, you know, the gap between me and him. So, uh, you know, that week it, it was a better run second, and the week before I was leading and lost it coming to the white. So it's just how sprint car racing goes sometimes. Yep. Hey, so the, the topic this week has been a, a lot about the high limits race. Um, I know that Brad Sweet is, is going to, take some time off and go over there and, and kind of run that series. Is this your opportunity to get in there and try to win a world of outlaw championship again next year? I mean, obviously uh, I think we're more than capable to, and uh, this year we, we have done everything we need to do other than have some bad nights. Uh, and then it's not a performance side of things. It's, blowing tires, crashing, part failure, you know, those right. things that have held us back. So um, I feel like we're, we're more than capable of accomplishing it no matter who we're racing against. And um, just, you know, a couple a couple things here or there hold you back on, on accomplishing your ultimate goal. So right. I feel like we clean those couple things up. It doesn't matter who we're racing against. I think we could beat them. Right. Kirk and I have had this debate all morning that the world of outlaws, uh, Kirk feels like the world of outlaws is going to increase their purse next year. 
I, I'm not the I'm not the same guy because I know who the king of sprint car racing is. It's the world of outlaws, and, and there, there's nothing that's going to be more important than winning a world of outlaw championship. Um, your thoughts on that as well? Do you think they're going to yes, increase sir. the purse? Um, I don't know. Um, I could see them increasing it a little bit. I could see them increasing the points fund more uh, because you increase the purse, uh, you commit your your whole life to running the world of outlaws. You know, other people who come in there and win those races, if they up the points fund money, uh, that's guaranteed to go back to the world of outlaw people that have supported the series. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they raise the purse and, and raise the point fund money, but I don't know what they're going to do. We have an owner's meeting there uh, this week at Charlotte, so we'll probably learn some more stuff there and probably know about everything by PRI show. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be weird. I wasn't around for the gum out in the USA series. Um, I know none of them stuck, stuck around too long, but with Kyle Larson and Flo Racing backing it, I mean, they have a lot of uh, horsepower behind them, and I think the World of Outlaws is the premier series and will be. Um, but if Brad and Kyle and Flo do a really good job in three, four, five years, you know, there might be a, a real competitor. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. They have a lot to prove still. You and Todd querying your plans, immediate plans are to uh, still continue to support the World of Outlaws series for the near term? We haven't made any decisions, and, uh, you know, we're just going to wait back and see everything that happens. But um, in a perfect world, we we would like to support the world of outlaws. But uh, we just got to wait back and see and make the decision that's the best for uh, our race team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, listen, I, I, I've got to believe this is going to be a big weekend down there at the, the world finals. Um, you've got four nights to to try to make up for the championship, um, you got to feel pretty confident that there, there, there could be some bad luck going along the way for Brad Sweet there a little bit. Yeah, how is this format? It's first time four days. How's this all going to work this weekend, David? To my knowledge, you qualify on Wednesday uh, for Thursday and Friday, and then we'll race Thursday and Friday, like we normally do, just won't qualify. But the lineups will be set for the heat races. And then Saturday, I believe you accumulate points from the first two nights, and that's what lines up the heat races for Saturday. And then, you know, we'll have a dash and a C and a D main and a feature on Saturday. Yeah. Do you have three opportunities to get points or just one? How's that work? Three. Three. That's what I three, thought. Three nights. Yeah, no doubt. Um, man, we're we're really pulling for you, you know, because we'd like to see you win your first World of Outlaw Championship. Um, your thoughts on, on what the racetrack brings down there. You know, it seems like to me that that racetrack kind of rubbers up a little bit down there each year. Yeah, there's just a lot of race cars, you know. We're going to have over 100 cars between the three divisions, and uh, this year it's going to be cold. It seems like every other year it's cold. Last year I think it was pretty warm, but it's going to be cold, so that should help the, the track a little bit. But 
Um, you know, they beat it to death this past weekend with, uh, you know, a bunch of stock cars and modifies and crate late models. So, you know, I know the track has taken a little bit of rubber this past weekend. So it's a little bit inevitable, and that's why they've made it four days and try to spread out the racing a little bit. But I remember last year, two years ago, we had a night off, and we didn't race. We only raced three of the four days instead of all four. So it seems like um, there's going to be a whole lot of racing on the racetrack. And the conditions are tough. Last year, it was really, really hard on tire wear. So we're just going to have to wait and see and see what they give us. And hopefully, uh, yeah, we, we put on a good show for everybody and it puts on good racing, and you could see it, and it's not too dusty. We we have a lot of people that listen to us in PA. What is your favorite racetrack up there in, in, in Pennsylvania? Uh, I always said it was Grandview, but I haven't been there in like 11 years, I think. No. So um, here as of late, I, I would say Port Royal. Um, you know, I don't mind Lincoln. Lincoln's fun. Williams Grove's okay. I, I don't mind Williams Grove, but I think Port Royal has done the best job, and they've put on the most work at improving their facility and nine times out of ten giving us a good racetrack to race on. Yeah, the way they prep that racetrack at Port Royal is very unique for a half-mile racetrack. Always a lot of slide jobs and running up next to the wall. What do they do different Great. with that racetrack than maybe some other big half-mile racetracks to make it race that way. They just have good dirt, and they don't have to uh, till it up or get it extremely wet, um, and it doesn't take rubber. Um, tracks like Williams Grove and, and even Knoxville, if they get Knoxville too dry, it can take rubber fairly fast. But right. um, it just seems like they don't have to do too much of the track preps and the track's wide, and, you know, they get it against the wall, and then once that gets wore out, you know, the bottom comes into play. So they're just blessed to have really good dirt. One of the big highlights for me, David, was watching you win at Houston Speedway earlier this year. That was a big night, not for a lot of different reasons, but your thoughts about that event, the high limit or the, the high bank nationals, uh, and the way that could grow up, in, and it already has grown up to a major event. Just talk about, again, that big night in June where you won $250,000. Yeah, it was an awesome night. You know, the boss owns the track and the team and the event, and he, he's really um, fast-tracking that event. You know, the the first year it paid 100000 now it pays 250000 and, you know, it's a four-day event, and, you know, it's just uh, his real big goal is to, you know, make that one of the crown jewels and, um, you know, him taking the risk and putting up all that money is one way to try to get there. And I think the facility um, is a very unique and, and has an awesome local crowd that really supports Houston. And uh, Todd's continuing to improve the facility he has a, a project going on right now for more fan engagement and then potentially down the road for more stands as well. So, um, you know, that that's why Houston's is all over our race car. Uh, the goal is to promote Houston's and try to get that racetrack on the level of Eldora and Knoxville. And, you know, that's where he wants to try to get it one day.
We're visiting with David Gravel here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Chase Rodman's going to join us here in just a little bit, pit reporter. Um, your relationship with the, the pit reporter, Chase Rodman, it seems like you guys got a pretty good relationship, don't you? Yeah, you know, Chase is a good guy. Um, I feel like he interviews me quite a bit, so we see each other a decent amount. Um you know, I'm not a California boy, so maybe I'm not his right. favorite, but uh, we we, uh, we get along good, and uh, he, he's good at what he does, and, and I feel like uh, the Dirt Vision broadcast is definitely the best in sprint car racing right now. And no doubt. I think they do a good job overall uh, from start to finish on a race night. I, I don't know if you know it, but we did the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. We did their broadcast for 13 years, but... You know, it, it seems like to me that the the reason that we got out of the streaming business is because it is so difficult right now. You've got people like Flow Racing, you've got Dirt Vision, and and I agree with you 100%. Dirt Vision is the quality broadcast. They they do a better job than anybody else, but um I I just felt like that Kirk and I, we got out of it because there was so much money being thrown at this thing and it, it just didn't make sense to racing boys anymore. Yeah. It just, it's grown to another level, you know, before it was very simple and, and now you got to have, you know, several camera angles and pit reporters and, you know, a lot of things going on. And, uh, I feel like, sorry, that's my son screaming here. But, that's okay. Uh, Is he going to yeah, be a racer? Probably. He probably won't have a choice, I guess, because <laughs> right. he loves cars and wheels and tires and engines. So it seems like it's in his blood. Yep. David, we can't thank you for taking the time to join us here on the show today. Man, we can't thank you enough to do so. And um, we're going to be we're going to have uh, Brad Sweet on tomorrow. So we, we can't wait to have him on. Talk a little bit about the high limits race and uh, hopefully um Hopefully, not a bunch of people will defect from the world of outlaws to go to high limits race because that would be a travesty in my eyes. Wouldn't wouldn't it be for you? Uh yeah, a little bit. You know, our whole careers have been built on, you know, winning world of outlaw races, and you know, I'm in the upper 80s now in wins, and you know, really want to get to 100 wins. And looking up that all time list has been something that. You know, as drivers, we've always been striving to try to, you know, get up on that list. So yeah. um, I definitely don't want that go, to go away. I don't want to lose that prestige. And, you know, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Kyle and Brad have a unique opportunity with a lot of money behind them. And, uh, you know, it's it's something that they can't pass up. So I don't blame them. Right. Um, but you know how this business goes. Uh, people start having, you know, beefs with each other, and then it gets personal, and then, you know, there's a full-blown, you know, shitstorm about to go down, you know, right, and, yeah, and no doubt. tracks getting what dates and what series is the tracks going to pick, and some tracks only pick one series. So there's a lot of things that's going to happen, and a lot of shakeups, and uh, you know, we're just going to see how it all plays out, and. Uh, I think we're going to be delayed on the schedules coming out this year because I think there's a lot of that going on right now. Right, no doubt. David, thanks for taking the time to join us here on the show. We can't thank you enough for doing so, and good luck to you this this weekend. 
Thanks, guys. We'll yeah. talk to you later. Thank right. you, David. There you have it. David Gravel joining us here on the show. and uh, He's got to hope that Brad Sweet has trouble this weekend. Hold That's on. his only shot. Hold on. Did, did you, did you kind of get a vibe that there's a possibility that David Gravel might go with the high limit series. Well, I think they're just waiting to see. You, you know, see what never, it pays. Right? I, here's what I think: they're, these race teams and drivers are not wanting to tip their hand. They're they're wanting to see how it all goes. You know that that's part of negotiating. And we'll wait to see what the schedules come out with. Who's going to react to who, and how that's all going to play out. That's a smart answer that David Gravel gave. You know, you're That's not going to want to pin them down to, okay, we're definitely going to do this or that. Because by taking the stance that David Gravel just did, by saying, let's wait and see how it all works out. He ain't pigeonholed that, anything. That right. Allows, you're right, Todd. That yeah. allows the World of Outlaws and the High Limit Series to put out, okay, what do you got for us? That's right. Yeah, yeah. What no, do you have for us? He's able to shop everything all that's the way up right. until the end, you know. And and I don't blame him a bit. So that's a smart answer. Yeah, that, he gave. yeah, he, no that comes from somebody who's been around the game long enough to see what happens, and and uh, he knows where this where this kind of shows. Yeah, going. we're but, not committing the, to the, anything. The, the, the right. point exactly. is, is that he's up in the upper 80s. That's right. With the World of Outlaws wins, he wants and, 20. and he wants to win 100 World of Outlaw races. And before there's, he, the, there's the other factor. Yeah. His car is owned by Todd Query. Yeah, there you go. He's got Houston Speedway all over that race car. That $250,000 to win High Bank Nationals that's every June. Yep. It, I think that's probably still going to be a world of outlaw. Um, I that's think just so. what I'm thinking. I, I think that, too, just with the, who the owner is and who's on his car. I mean, I can't – I don't know. And that event, I think, I think will stay world of outlaws. And if that's the case uh, – He'd more than likely to stay with the World of Outlaws. That's my thought. That's Lenny Batiki calling me. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers, that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. Can't thank David Gravel enough for being on the show. Just, uh, just we're going to have Brad Sweet on this weekend on Track Talk, talking about the high limit race. Joining us now on the show is Chase Rodman. Chase, how you doing, bud? Doing pretty good, guys. Getting uh, notes and, and things dialed in here for this upcoming final weekend of racing. So it uh, looks like there's going to be good field of cars, and this championship isn't quite settled yet, so it should be fun. You know, we just had David Gravel on the show, and he feels like that if uh, Brad Sweet has one bad night and gets a DNF, that he might have a chance to win that championship. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think he's 100% right. Uh, I mean, if you look at the stats uh, from both of them at, at Charlotte, David's definitely got the upper hand. You know, he's got five wins at Charlotte. And at one point in time, he had almost four in a row. He had three in a row, and then he had a third and a first. So he's been very good. Brad has never won at Charlotte, but he's always been very consistent. You know, he's got more than 30 starts and about 15 top fives. So last year he was super good. He's in the top five every night. And remember that the championship was really close last year heading into Charlotte. And David, I mean, he there, there ain't no other way to put it, man. He choked. You know, he wasn't in the top five any night at all after the previous year winning and being on the podium every night. So um, maybe with the points kind of not that close, maybe David will get back into form and, and perform. Uh, to the best of his abilities at Charlotte because we know that he's super good there. So um, I really don't think it's over yet. You know, maybe Brad runs 10th one night, David gets a win, and it closes up a ton just like that. Uh, different format this year. They've added a night. you got four nights of activity. They're going to, what, all the qualifying going to be handled on Wednesday? Just kind of talk about how this all lays out for the entire week down there. Yeah, obviously going to be a lot of cars there with the – Super Dirt Car Series, uh, obviously the late model series there as well. Uh, yeah, hot laps and qualifying on Wednesday. So uh, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. I, I mean, I don't think last year we did that. I'm pretty sure they this year they extended that the, the whole week one more day um, to, to uh, have this extra day to hopefully, I think the plan is to kind of speed up uh, throughout the night because there's just going to be so many cars there throughout the three divisions. So um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Three nights of racing for David to catch up. As mentioned before, he's 50 points behind. So um, he's just got to kind of, I think he's got to beat Brad by about eight spots per night. Unless he's able to win a few, then that changes a little bit. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of cars on the track, and, and it's going to be uh, imperative for drivers and crew chiefs alike to, to keep up with the surface there because Charlotte, we've seen it do some, some weird stuff in the past. You know, I thought right. the racetrack was really good. It was, two lanes um but i've seen in the past as well when it was just 
unbelievably dusty and and uh, and not exa- exactly very racy. So uh, interested to see how everything works out this weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and that track, because of the amount of cars that race on that racetrack, sometimes it takes a little rubber, doesn't it? Sometimes it does. Uh, you know, last year I don't recall it taking rubber, but I think the year before that it certainly did. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, a lot of cars. Last year there was, I want to say, almost 50 cars in the sprint cars alone. And you know the late models, uh, that's late model country out there, kind of in that North Carolina, South Carolina area. Uh, there's going to be a lot of them. Uh, Super Dirt Car Series, they're going to have, I'm guessing, more than 25, maybe close to 30 for them too. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of laps put down on the racetrack. I, I don't know uh, what they're going to do as far as track prep goes. As far as I remember, I feel like they really don't touch the track all that much throughout the night. So um, that's going to be fun to follow along with, though. I, I do love going to Charlotte. Uh, it's a big event, um, and it seems like every year that I've been, it's, it gets a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. The fans will be, uh, you know, in attendance. There's going to be a lot of people there. Um, it's kind of one of those weekends where people come out, they're like, man, I can see all three of the biggest series under world racing group on one night, you know, so th- they make a big event out of it and, uh, it's, it should be fun. Yeah. It looks like we're not going to have much of a chance of rain down there, but it's going to be a little bit cooler with temperatures in the upper forties and fifties by the weekend, it appears, but, uh, not much rain in the forecast. Yeah, that's all obviously a big deal. I was looking at the uh, the forecast yesterday, and I was pretty excited to see that there was no rain. I think there's some rain maybe in the area today, but obviously no cars on track. So, yeah, sun's going to be out, but it's still going to be cold. Um, last year it was really hot there, I remember. Uh, but then the year before that it was, like, miserably cold. So it looks like it's going to be pretty darn cold. I got the big jacket, um, you know, packed in the suitcase, going to maybe grab some, some long johns or something here because uh, – it's going to be a couple of long nights out there in the cold. So uh going to be a long week, though. You know, we got that practice and, and qualifying Wednesday. Then we got three nights of racing. Then on Sunday, we've got the, the banquet that's taking place around 5 o'clock. Uh, so it's going to be a long week. But, um, you know, it, it's a long season. So might as well end it off with a long week and, and uh, head off into the off season. I know we talked about it on last week's show, but Brad Sweep, able to get repairs made on that car for him to come back and finish seventh at Devil's Bowl Speedway. That was a championship moment in my mind. But just talk again about how they were able to fix that race car and still have him come back and finish seventh in the A-Main. Yeah, I think I also mentioned it last week on the show that, you know, in 2022, we were kind of in a similar situation heading into one of the last weekends uh, of the season when Brad broke a rear end at, at Williams Grove. And on that one, uh, they were not able to get it fixed to get it back out there. And it brought David right back into the right into the fold for the championship, you know. And so we have kind of a similar situation. The Devils will go down. Uh, but, you know, obviously a great, great um, effort by the team to get him back out onto the racetrack and save his night. You know, if he would have ran 15th or whatever he might have ran if he didn't get back out there, because there's a lot of wrecks, you know, so you might have ran maybe 15th, 18th or so, then we would be talking about, uh, you know, 20 points maybe between David and, and Brad. So, um, yeah, great job by them. They had a lot of stuff to fix. They had to go into the work area two times, flat left rear. Just goes to show that Brad, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing, man. He, he, he knows how to win championships. You can't give up. you got to be out there. Uh, you can't um, – you, you know, you got to take a bad night and turn it into a decent night. And he's been able to do that for the last five years. 
and uh, that's what's you know put him in this position again to uh, make it five straight. So uh, it'd be pretty impressive. I think I saw a stat earlier today uh, from the World of Outlaws that um, you know that if he's able to win the championship, Casey Kane Racing, I want to say they'd be up to what second or third, maybe all time uh, in championships. So oh uh, yeah, it looks like third most for the as far as the owner goes for. Casey Kane Racing for World Outlaws Championships, so that's a pretty big deal. How soon do you think the World of Outlaws will uh, release a 2024 schedule? Well, you know, that's kind of one of the big talking points right now in all of sprint car racing. The the entire landscape, you know, shaken up uh, the last week or so, and uh, I keep telling everybody, in my opinion, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think it's going to be a race to see who releases their schedule last between the high limit national deal and, and, and the world outlaws, because, you know, high limit from what it sounds like is taking a couple of racetracks from the outlaws and the outlaws are trying to have a pivot a little bit to find some different tracks to fill in there. So I don't know when the schedule is going to come out. Usually it comes out of PRI, um, but maybe that changes. I don't know. Maybe they'll stick to that same schedule at PRI, but right now it's anybody's guess as to when that schedule comes out because, uh, you know, there's been some uh, other crazy stuff going on uh, outside of the World Outlaws portion of sprint car racing. And that's what a lot of these teams are waiting to see, aren't they? Before they can make any decisions on what they're going to do for 2024, they want to see what the schedules look like, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, usually with the All-Stars, they don't really travel too far west. You know, I don't think they go farther west than maybe Knoxville um, all year long. Uh, but from the sounds of it, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore, you know. So how many teams are going to want to go to California? Will the Outlaws go to California? I think they do. I don't have any insider information on that, but I think that both series go to California. So there's a lot of teams, I'd say mainly in Pennsylvania, that have the ability to go full-time racing with either of those series. But do they want to drive all the way across the country to California and, and chase a championship? I don't really know. Um, but if one of the series doesn't go, I feel like that's going to really open up the door for a lot of guys to say, hey, I don't have to go all the way to the West Coast to be able to run for this championship, and that might drag a couple guys out that we haven't seen before. You know, So I don't know, man. It's um, This offseason is going to be one of the craziest that I've ever been a part of uh, in in my position. You know, So uh, interested to see how it all works out. I know a lot of fans are interested to see how it all works out, and uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about, that's for sure. You gonna your plans are to continue doing what you're doing next year? Yeah, nothing's changed. I mean, I'm obviously uh, I'm heading to Charlotte this week, and that's where the office is at for World Racing Group. Um, and you know, I'm sure that that's where the talks of next year will go on. I really hope to come back. I mean, I love doing this job. It's my uh, I've been doing it for this is my third full time year. Did half a year in 2020. Um, and I don't plan on going anywhere. You know, I, I love where I'm at. I love doing what I'm doing. Um, so I, I'm hoping that they bring me back again, you know. So um, that's the plan right now. I guess we'll kind of find out this week. Well, I think you do a great job. That If they don't bring you back, there's something wrong with that. No, I, I'm pretty confident that's going to happen for you. Hey, uh, not a lot of uh, sprint car racing to talk about from this past weekend, but Corey Day wins another race this time at the Kern County uh, Raceway and the NARC Series outrunning Buddy Kofoid. Your thoughts about uh, that event, Corey Day, wins another one. Yeah, I didn't get to, to watch. Uh, I saw maybe a couple laps here and there. 
of that feature. But, um, you know, not surprised at all to see him, you know, get another win. Uh, I think here in the next couple of years that he's going to be on a full-time tour and challenging for, for wins every single night, you know. So he's he's definitely the, the future of World of Outlaws Sprint Car Race. I think you could throw a couple other guys into that mix as well. Chase Randall certainly uh, proven himself this year on a national stage as well. So there's a few more guys here and there that are going to be fun to watch over the next couple of years. And Corey Day, I think, for everyone, is kind of at the top of that list to see when he finally makes that move to become a full-time driver um, with with a big series, you know. And I've heard a couple of different people say that, you know, he doesn't really want to go full-time racing until he's done with school. He wants to, you know, live a normal life as a kid and, and go to high school and all that stuff and finish it and, and graduate and get the diploma and all that stuff, you know. So might be another year or two before we see that. But he's um, he's definitely turned heads this year. It's been a huge year for him. Obviously, that Gold Cup win uh, really cemented his place at – at the top of as far as I feel like, you know, future prospects goes. So, um, yeah, another win. I, I don't know how many he's up to now, but it's got to be over 10, I would think, at this point. So looks like he's going to cruise home to that, that NARC championship. Hey, let me ask you this, Chase. How big a deal is it for Brad Sweet to leave the world of outlaws? It, that, that's kind of a big deal, isn't it? Because I feel like that he could win 10 championships the way he's very consistent at what he does trying to win those championships. Um, I, I, I got to feel that's going to be a big loss, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like it's going to be the first time. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but it could be the first time ever that we see uh, a guy win a championship and then immediately, uh, you know, leaves the World Outlaws Tour. I don't think that's ever happened before. And like you said, I think Brad could – I agree. He could definitely win five more and get up there with Donnie with how he's going right now. Brad is, what, uh, um, he's probably about 40 maybe by now, getting close to 40 years old. And, you know, in sprint car racing, really that's not that old. I mean, he could keep going, and it's, he's proven it right now that he can still get the job done night in and night out and be consistent. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be quite the big loss. You know, he's been – a champion now coming up on his fifth time and uh, people know that when they show up to a world outlaws race right now, that they're going to see Brad sweet. They're going to be able to buy his t-shirts and his sweatshirts and, and get his autograph and stuff like that. He's one of the big names uh, that, that the world outlaws have. So it's going to be a big loss for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really know what, I mean, I don't know guys. I feel like there's just so much unknown right now in sprint car racing. Uh, it's, it's just crazy. It, I, I mean, this is a crazy time to be involved, whether you're a fan, whether you're, you know, guys like you doing this show and, and going to races or, you know, somebody like me that's at every single race, you know I mean? Right. The, the unknown for next year. I just want to fast forward to February and just see what sprint car racing looks like at that point in time. This could open the door for David Gravel to win the championship or Carson Macedo to do it as well. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that, you know, it, here's the other thing is I've been talking about with a couple other people that, you know, Brad Sweet, if he leaves or, if, you know, uh, another guy leaves and goes to the high limit deal or maybe maybe two or three guys leave. I don't know who's going to leave. Obviously, Brad is probably, you know, about 98% he's going to be leaving. But depends on how many guys leave. But I feel like that's going to, you know, if a team like a Brent Marks or maybe a Macri or, a Justin Peck or a Tyler Courtney maybe or something like that, they see these guys leave and they say, hey, 
there's two or three spots in the championship. There's two or three spots per night that I can, you know, run up higher in the order. You know, I feel like if they leave, we're going to get guys to come and fill those spots, you know? So, um, yeah, I I just, uh, like I said, let's fast forward to February, see, uh, where everything's at. Um, and, and, uh, I don't know. You know, what does Buddy Kofoy do next year? That's kind of a big question as right. well. He's been yeah. good. You know, I don't know if does he go full time. I talked to James McFadden at Port Royal and he said that it sounds like he's coming back next year to do it again, which kind of the beginning of the year it sounded like he wasn't gonna come back. He was gonna go back to Australia and, and raise his kid, but now after the year he's had he's coming back. So what does that do with Buddy? Does he have does Roth have two cars on the Outlaw Tour? And then, you know, Jay, or uh, Jacob Allen, I saw he's coming back this week at Charlotte, and from the sounds of it, he's supposed to come back next year. You know, so what the heck is going to happen? I have no idea. Yep, no doubt. Let, let me ask you this. Do you feel the, the the pressure on the world of outlaws, do you feel like that they're going to have to increase their purse because of the high limits paying such amount of money? Do you feel like that they're going to have to increase their purse a little bit? Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to be the, the championship purse, which I feel like is – after you know they raised it this year, after the high limit uh, midweek deal with the eleven or twelve races they did, and and you know the World Racing Group pumped a bunch of money into that championship fund. You know I was keep telling everybody it's like, dude, tenth place in points right now for the World Outlaws pays almost ninety thousand dollars just for tenth. Holy you cow! Know? So they they put a lot of money into the championship, and I think that next step that they got to do is is raise up the nightly, um, you know, purse whether it's going from 10,000 to win every race to maybe 12 or 15, and then you raise it up from 1,000 to start to 1,200 or 1,500 to start. I don't know. They're going to do something, I, I feel like, because, um, you know, it, it kind of showed there that last year that when the high limit deal came out and they had that exclusivity deal come out with the bonus money and all this, that, you know, that uh, they're not afraid to, to raise the stakes a little bit to keep people happy. So, uh, that I'm sure that'll be coming out here soon. I, I like I said, I don't have any inside information. Uh, I'm not in the office at Charlotte every week. I'm in Ohio, sitting in my in my apartment, you know. So I'm not in there the the, the meetings with the big wigs and whatnot. But um, I'm thinking there's going to be some pretty serious changes. Yeah, I do too. Uh, what do you think as uh, Donnie Schatz is going to be doing here in the next few years? Well, I don't think he's done uh, by any means. Uh, I know, uh, you know, Donnie's not going to want to call it a career by any means uh after you know i mean it wasn't a complete loss of a season right i mean he just won not too long ago at lakeside he won at king's royal this year he's still on the podium at knoxville he still can get the job done i don't think he's retiring anytime soon it's just you know what does the landscape look like at tony stewart racing uh, who knows at this point in time you know tony seems to be pretty invested in, in drag racing right now um and I don't know. I think that I think Donnie's back next year. I, I really do. Um, in what car? I don't know. Will he be back in the 15? I keep hearing. I hear different things every day at the racetrack. Oh, Donnie's leaving. Oh, Donnie's staying. This and this and this. Uh, so that's one of the big storylines. I feel like that's going to be coming out here in the wintertime, whether he stays or goes. Who fills the seat if it if it ends up getting needing to be filled? You know. So uh, that's certainly one of the biggest storylines that we're going to have to follow along with this offseason. Who do you think will be driving the Leighton Crouch number 11 car? Corey Eliason is out of that ride. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of drivers that they can 
that they can go after. I mean, that's a car that, in my opinion, it can win every single night. It, it's got the the best of the best equipment in the pit area. The, I mean, it's got the same stuff as, you know, the same caliber of equipment as David Gravel and Brad Sweet and Carson Macedo. They just got to find a guy that meshes well with the crew and, and the car and everything like that. So, um, you know, I, I don't really know who they could – who their plan is. What I, I keep hearing people saying that Donnie's going to that car, but I don't know about right. that. And then, I mean, that, I'm sure you guys have heard that same thing. Oh, right? yeah. So, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I just – Doesn't make sense know. to me. Yeah, I don't know. I think Donnie's going to want to go somewhere with a with an established – Team. You know, obviously, the Crouch car has been around for, what, two, a year now, two years, and they've won some outlaw races, but that consistency isn't quite there. And Donnie's going to want to go somewhere where it's immediately a consistent. And like I said, I'm not sure. I don't even know if he's leaving TSR. Nobody really knows at this point, right? right. I don't think he is. But he's going to want to go to somewhere that is established and, and has proven that they can contend night in and night out. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, Chase, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here each week on Mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank you enough for doing that each and every week. Thank you so much for doing so, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, right. th- th- this is a unique uh, weekend. The way you ha- you work with a lot of different announcers, there's a lot of different series going on. How challenging is that? This is a, this is a different event you have to work this weekend. Yeah, I don't know if it's. Uh as much challenging as it is just kind of fun. You know, we're going to have um, a lot of announcers in the tower, like you said, with Johnny, Ruben, and then uh, Mike will be up there with Super Dirt Car Series. And then down in the infield, we're going to have me, uh, Hannah Newhouse, and then I think it's going to be either Dan Kapazinski or Rich Black for the the, um, Super Dirt Car Series. And then on the, you know, Dirt Vision side of things, you're going to have Connor Wade and Dave Reef in the studio. So, there's going to be a lot of content, a lot of different voices on Dirt Vision this week, um, and it's going to be fun. I just I like when we have a, a lot of different people to, especially when you have that many cars. I mean, there's so many storylines to follow yeah, along with. No doubt. Uh, so it's going to be a whole lot of fun this week. I hope people uh, enjoy the coverage on Dirt Vision. It's going to be great, and uh, can't wait to get going. All right, thank you, Chase. Can't appreciate you enough for doing what you do for us here each and every week on um, Mostly Motorsports. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you Monday. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about. Oh, yep. yeah, absolutely. No Thanks a lot, Chase. All right, see you. There you have it, Chase Rodman. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on Mostly Motorsports. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I'm in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Getting a little frustrated with my phone here, just so you know. Well, don't we all get frustrated with our phones every now and then? That happens. Hey, I just want to make mention uh, Kyle Reinhardt won the uh, 410 Sprint Car feature at the Bridgeport Motorsports Park on over the weekend fifteen thousand dollars it appeared that uh, anthony macri had a pretty good chance to uh, win that race uh but uh he had some issues of that uh reinhardt uh that's a big win for him as he outpaced danny dietrich and justin peck who finished in third place in that race so that was really the only other uh, wing sprint car race outside of the one we talked about in the last segment with Chase Rodman of Corey Day winning out at Kern County Raceway to talk about this weekend. Everything else uh, either wiped out by rain or it was just a light weekend, but things ramp up this weekend for sure down at the World Finals. Hopefully I'll be down there. So you haven't decided whether you're going to Phoenix or Charlotte. You're still making that I've, decision. I've got credentials for Phoenix. You're ready to go there. But I'm, I'm, I'm putting in my application right now for um, down at Charlotte. We can't be in two places at once. so No, I want to go to Charlotte. I want to go to sprint car race. You decided that Charlotte is where you want to be. That's where I want to be. Well, we'll be watching both those events. Uh, Dirt Vision with the World Finals and... NBC's got all the coverage this weekend of the uh, final weekend for NASCAR. Championships on the line, all of these places. Bobby Pierce has already won the World Lab Outlaw Late Model Championship, has he not? So he's got that pretty much wrapped up. But uh, Brad Sweet with that 50-point lead over David Gravel, that's still a little bit up in the air, but I'd be shocked if Brad Sweet doesn't lock that thing down. As far as the NASCAR is concerned, we had Ryan Blaney winning the feature event at Martinsville yesterday. He is locked in along with Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, and on points, and he deserves to be there. William Byron, with his six wins, deserved to get in. Denny Hamlin on the outside looking in. And that's surprising to me after the way he started the playoffs this year that Denny Hamlin is not going to be a part of this thing. But uh, then again, we probably shouldn't be that surprised. So it's be interesting to see how that all works out at Phoenix this weekend. William Byron won the spring race there back in early March. So can he do it again? If there is a worthy champion, I think it's William Byron. He's got the most wins this year, six wins. Kyle Larson with four wins. 
Ryan Blaney now has three, and Christopher Bell with two wins. Won the dirt race at Bristol, and then he uh, won at uh, Homestead here last week. So those are your players, and they'll settle the score in the Xfinity Series as well as the Craftsman Truck Series at Phoenix this weekend. I just got my application sent in. You got it submitted at Charlotte. So now you'd be good to go. Uh, Charlotte is a closer drive. If you're driving, Charlotte is a closer drive than Phoenix. 250 miles closer. It's 1,000 miles down to Charlotte, and it's a... um, 1,200 miles, 1,250 miles out to Phoenix. And if you're going to get a plane ticket, that's uh, that's pretty pricey right now, wouldn't it? 300 bucks or more? $350 to fly out to Arizona. You have hotel rooms at either of these places locked in. Not yet. You better do that. I better, I better find me a room. National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open the year around. And they are open today, as a matter of fact. If you're in the Knoxville area, check out the great display. And while you're at it, get signed up for the uh, two big sweepstakes they've got going on now. The Corvette is again going to be given away in August of next year. And this year, I think we have a picture of it right there. Torch Red Z06 convertible with a Z07 performance package, and they'll also give you $25,000 if you're the grand prize winner. Go to winaz06corvette.com to get signed up. They'll draw for that the week after the Knoxville Nationals. And also, we have the sprint car giveaway. December of 2024, the Triple Axe chassis with the new Al Parker Racing 410 cubic inch engine under the hood. Go to winasprintcar.com to get signed up for that drawing. That'll be in December of 2024. Of course, these sweepstakes, the proceeds all go to a good cause of keeping that National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum going. The Brian Clausen Suite Tower that was constructed a few years ago has been paid off, but they've got other projects, and Bob Baker does a great job of headlining that operation up there with a lot of great volunteers, the Sprint Car Museum up in Knoxville, Iowa. So uh, get signed up for the drawings and your chance to win either a Corvette or a Sprint Car is at your disposal right now. Win a Z06Corvette.com for the Corvette. Win a SprintCard.com for the SprintCard. And don't forget about the the uh, the store that they have up in front. You can buy any of your merchandise on SprintCardStuff.com. That's right. They've got uh, they got a lot of great stuff up there in the uh, gift shop. A lot of Christmas presents you can buy from Absolutely. from from the the store up there at the National Sprint I'm Car Hall of Fame. I'm partial to the books. They got a lot of great books up there, racing books, in the uh, gift shop up there. But they've got uh, a lot of other great stuff as well. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I want to remind everybody that we've got a brand new website. Um, RacingBoys.com has made the move. We updated our website. You need to go to racingboys.com right now and, and check it out. 
And we're still in the process of uploading uh, more video to our uh, exclusive uh, video section on the site. $6.50 per month if you want to subscribe to that. has our entire video library, or will have all our entire video library of all of the stuff that Racing Boys done over the years. When is that going to be up, Kurt? Uh, next few weeks. We'll try to get it up there. We're still working on some things right now to get it to where we can upload more video up there, but we're working on it. Yep, no doubt. All right, let's uh, let's bring on our next guest. Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com joins us on the show right now. Trenton, how you doing? Hey, good. I uh, uh, Thankfully, I was driving back home from Louisiana from the uh, USRA Southern Nationals, so I didn't, I didn't have to watch that. Uh, have to watch that mess yesterday afternoon. I just got to listen to it on the radio. Well, I was thinking about you there, Trenton. I knew you <laughs> couldn't be happy about that. Hey, uh, hey, just so rough, you know, rough, rough. just so you know, Pacheco only had 40 yards yesterday. Oh, there we go. There we go. Only, hey, let's, just so you know, Pacheco is a dud. I'm just telling you, uh, the, the guy cannot run he runs in the back of everybody and, and only when it, he gets a hole does he make some yards I, i'm just telling I'm, you i don't know I, he had a, he didn't have a very good game but he wasn't the only one so well you know yeah. my, when when you have five turnovers you're not going to win a game so, no you're yeah, not to pin that all on pacheco that's misplaced pacheco can't well, run so he Kirk, you got to remember, Scott's just still grinding that axe. Uh, listen, Clyde Edwards-Alaire can't run. Pacheco can't run. They need to put McKinnon in there. It's, that's that's hey, my I, opinion. I, I like McKinnon. I got no problems with McKinnon. I like him. He's, I got no problems there. He's a pretty good running back. He is. Canarius Tony needs to also be our punt returner when he's healthy. So, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what all's went on there, but... McCall Hardman could not catch punts last year and was part of the reason I was so frustrated with our inability to return punts. And so uh, so then they bring him back this year, and all of a sudden he's going to be the saving grace at, at uh, the special teams. And lo and behold, when it, when it mattered yesterday, he, uh, he fumbled. tossed up another one. Yeah, so I just, whatever. Next. Right. So what do you think about the Miami game? Uh, so, man, I wish, uh, so we got a lot of injuries to start off with out of the game yesterday. So that was equally as, as bad news. Uh, I think Miami's loaded. Um, I think it'll be a wild environment. I watched the Germany game last year and Tom Brady said it was one of the best experiences of his entire career, uh, playing there. I, um, I'm a hundred percent jealous of the Chiefs fans that are going to get to go see it. Uh, that would be a, a bucket list type thing. I'd, I'd love to be able to go see something like that at some point in my life. But uh, I'm I'm stoked that the Chiefs are there playing. It's awesome. It's going to be a great a great matchup. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm I'm riding with my team. You know, especially coming off a loss. Andy Andy doesn't lose two in a row very often, but uh, they were sure pretty banged up after the game yesterday. Do you feel like the team is going to be motivated next week after losing to Denver this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so that's the second part of that, I think. I mean, I, 
I understand that everybody's getting paid a lot of money. You need to go win those games. But at some point, like, and I don't care that they won yesterday, it's not even really a rivalry anymore because Denver's just not competitive. And it's the Chiefs. If the Chiefs are at full strength yesterday, I'm sorry. If, if, if Patrick wasn't sick, and, and I'm not going to sit here and make a whole bunch of excuses, but that was all they could do. The Chiefs had like an all-time bad game. And that's all, that's all the better that they were and that they could beat them by at home. I mean, give me a break. That team's trash. That team was more trash yesterday uh, watching that than, than I even thought that were. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it just happens. It's, uh, you know, anytime you go line up, things might not go your way. I mean, Rodney Sanders was the uh, – he was the fastest mile five down at, uh, at Booth Hill Saturday night, and he broke a J-bar late in the race, and, and he was checked out and gone from the field. He didn't get to cash the check. So uh, just just because just because you're the best best at any given day doesn't mean you're always going to be the one that's going to get it done. Do you, racing or football, you know. Did you feel like Denver was motivated to not lose another game to the Chiefs? Yeah, I think. I mean, going on four or five years now, I think they've probably been motivated not to do that for sure. For sure, yeah. And and I mean, this was just the perfect the perfect situation that that arose for them yesterday to to get it done so i, I mean well i i don't so know, I don't, know. If, I, I don't i don't really have a whole lot more to say honestly i could it was it was a miserable sunday uh denver won they still suck and life goes on hey listen just so you know Kirk Elliott is turned into a 49ers fan because of Brock Purdy. Well, yeah, and I got a double whammy, and the, both these games were going on at the same time, Trenton. I had it, had it going on red yeah. zone, and uh, similar yeah. things were happening in both those games. Oh, gosh. So I don't have red zone, but uh, Stick has it, and so he had it up on his phone, and he just turned the volume up, and so I got to – well, he got to watch red zone yesterday while we were driving. I got to listen to a lot of red zone. That's a, that's a terrific uh, – Oh yeah, that is a thrill ride. I, I, I wish I had it. Yeah, I I love watching Red Zone when I get a chance to. So, yeah, yeah, it it didn't go well for me on on two occasions at the same time. But uh, enough of that. Uh, Boot Hill Speedway. You talked about it. Uh, yeah. Sa- Sanders had some issues yeah. there. Just gonna talk about that race. Yeah. So he. He was uh, he runs second. Rodney ran second in this heat race, and they got they got rained out on Friday. So it was a one day race. It paid three grand to win. It was uh, it's basically it was the USRI Nationals for some of the Southern divisions there, and the two big ones, the USRI Factory Stocks and the USRI Limited Modifieds, um, are are primarily based in that region. So it's cool. You know how like uh, how like Eagle Raceway has the Super Nationals for the sprint cars yep. there, and, and they're not at Boone. Well, this is kind of what USRA's done with their their couple of classes, but two divisions wasn't going to be enough to, for a full card, so they raced the American Racer Modified Series. They put them on the schedule uh, for their championship weekend, and uh, then they also ran their, their local USRA Tuner Division as well. But uh, but really, the, the premier and the showcase was these limited mods and factory stocks, but we had a bunch of really good modifieds there, and part of that was because the USMTS got rained out in, in Kansas City and Wichita. So um, Jason Hughes was even there earlier, and he didn't he didn't race on Saturday, but uh, but he was down there Friday when it got rained out. And 
Um, anyway, coming through this all, had a good group of cars. There were 32 modifieds there. Uh, Rodney ran second in his heat race from fourth and was just, that track was just, it was pretty, the track was narrow because of the rain. It was just so fast. So it was really hard to get an advantage there early on. It, it got better as the night went on. They were able to race a little better, but um, uh, he made the redraw. So this is where that redraw can be crazy because Rodney was eighth in passing points. So every other driver got to redraw and Rodney just takes, you know, the eighth place car just takes whatever's left. Uh, they they whittled all the way down and drew Rodney Sanders the pole. So I thought, oh boy, okay, this is so this is how this is going to work tonight. He takes the green. They had a few yellows anyway. Checked out, rolls through three and four, and just pulls up slow on the front straightaway about three quarters of the way through the race. And uh, talked to him after. Uh, talked to his dad and said he broke the J bar leading the race, and he would have. It was it was signed, sealed, and all but delivered. And uh, man, he just he had a had a parts failure. And let's talk about who ended up winning that race. Yeah, so so it was Chris Hennigan. Chris Hennigan won it, and he Chris is an interesting uh, an interesting story and kind of a a study on this USRA USMTS type modifieds because. You know, we talk all the time about the racers up in Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin win these USMTS races occasionally, but but they don't ever travel and follow the series. Well, there's two or three of those guys across the country in other pockets that do that as well that aren't from the north. Chris Hennigan is one of those from, from the southern part of the country. Um, him along with uh, – there's there's another guy or two there that's, that's got a chance anytime they, they roll in. But, but Chris Hennigan, probably kind of that front runner that you expect to – you know, to be in that redraw at those big shows and, and have a chance to win. He's, he's won a few as well uh, here and there along the way. So Hennigan is an outstanding racer. He drives a, a K. Diller built uh, CDR race car. Uh, won that race, was um, was in, in second there when Rodney broke and restarted out front and, and led the rest of the way to, uh, to, to get the job done. So uh, Hennigan's a, he's a great dude. He's a heck of a racer. He's one of the ones that, you know, you just kind of think about, man, if they ever could get a chance. Um, Hennigan's somebody that could compete for a title uh, if if he ever uh, was able to, to put together the funding and uh, equipment to go run a full season at that level. And, and if it was something he ever decided he wanted to do, he, he would contend immediately no matter where it went. he went to go race. He's just super, super talented and uh, uh, very deserving to win the uh, the USRA 7 Nationals there and, and the American Racer Modified Series finale. He looked like he did a really good job of managing through. It got a little bumpy down there in the corners down there, but yep. he kept it right down on the bottom of the racetrack. That seemed to be the best place for him to go. Yeah, and it was. And I, I walked the front stretch and, and through turn four there late, and, man, they just got hammered with rain, hammered, hammered, hammered. It was, it was all they could do to just get the place back to where they could even put on a race. And, they had so many cars there that were looking to race. You hated to see them just pull the plug on it. Um, I've seen races called for less rain, certainly, uh, at, at other times. So they just it just wasn't a whole lot going their way. And then they had a whole bunch of people that wanted to race. So uh, there's new owners there. Bubba Jones uh, and Rallo Pilkington are, are in on that racetrack. And, and um, man, they're, they're doing a really good job. Boot Hill's a it's a very historic place. It's been around a long time. Um, Boot Hill draws good crowds. Boot Hill's kind of like, uh, 
I'd say it's kind of like Tri-State Speedway is in uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma. It's just a place that in that region everybody knows about and everybody wants to go race at. And, and um, you know, they get good fan counts. They get good car counts. They've had a ton of support. It's switched ownership a few times, and I think I think these two guys that have it now are – I think they're going to be in there for a while, and I, and I feel like they're super committed to – making Boot Hill Speedway the best version of what it can be. And I think it's pretty cool that that Todd has got together with them and, and they've come up with this USRA Southern Nationals as kind of a, a signature event for USRA. Obviously, uh, you know, the Nationals for for the limited and the factory stocks, it's a, it's a, it's a neat deal. I, I just, my only regret of the whole weekend was I just wish they could have had better case because there were a ton of race cars there to compete in those divisions, and, and I, I think the show would have been off the charts had, had weather just been a little bit better for them. What is Mother Nature, uh, why, why, why are they so hard on racing dirt and the USMTS? Oh this, has been, this has been Man. a disaster for you guys this year. You've had these cra- the Featherlight yes. Fall Jamboree wiped out, the Grant Young Ann's Memorial, and now the finale for the, for the points race. Uh, what, what did you do to Mother Nature? Just it, and it has. It's been a complete disaster of weather this fall for us. I, I don't know. You don't. You don't want to sit and what if and second guess and be mad. Doesn't do any good. You know. You just. You just do the best you can with what you got and move on and hope that. You know, surely, surely it can't be. Uh, can't be two years in a row of this stuff. <laughs> At least, at least that's what we tell ourselves. So, I don't know, man. But uh, I, I was. I, I tell you, I was. I was really proud of the. Uh, the grit and the determination that uh, that those guys had to, to try to work through that Saturday, and it just it wasn't the ideal situation to race, but they were committed and they did the absolute best that that, that not that they could do, but the absolute best that anybody could have done in that situation. So uh, just just proud of that. Glad we made the trip. The stick and I decided kind of last minute to make make a run down and and go see that place and and. Uh, be there we we thought the race and the event was important enough that uh that we ought to ought to put the effort in to, to try to go be there and, um you know just kind of see what it was all about i've been to boot hill but it it had been a few years and i hadn't been there since since the new owners have been there and um i'm i'm fan of those guys so um, louisiana that that northwestern pocket of louisiana is super important to uh the usra and also to the USMTS, and it takes great uh, great people operating those racetracks to make that happen. So I uh, was glad to be there. So just so you know, Texarkana got rained out this weekend as well. Did you see that? Drove, drove by it twice, yep. Oh, did oh, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I go, I, go right, I go right by the racetrack on the interstate uh, going to uh, – Going down to Shreveport, basically, is where I was at this weekend. So, mm-hmm. yep, saw that. It uh, drove by yesterday in the rain uh, yesterday morning. And, huh. Boy, that that place and that place took a beating as well. So, hey, you did get one other race worked. in this weekend, Trenton Thunderbird Speedway, the big but, half yeah. mile down there had both uh, had both uh, the OCRS sprint cars and a late model show down there that Billy Moyer won. So you got that in. Yep. Yep, and it, it was a memorial race, um, so I hate to see that. The track owner there had, had lost his boy about a year ago, and it's a 
just a super bad situation. And um, I just, I really feel for those those people and what, what they've went through over this past year. And um, just the, the grit to just keep trudging along and, and keep keep racing going there at the track they have and, and whatever was um, was was good of them to do. And, and I know that was a, a pretty important event for them to get in. So I was glad OCRS was there. The late model race had a, had a good field of cars uh, that was there too. So, uh, I, I watched a little bit of that on my uh, on my phone for Friday. So, yeah, it looked, looked all in all like it was a good event. Um, memorial races are always tough, no matter what the scenario is. And the first memorial race for for anybody is is always the toughest of those. So, um, just just one you want to kind of kind of get through and make make the best of, you know. Hey, uh, one one note in that uh, late model race down there, Kaylee Bryson was behind the wheel of a late model. She started eight, finished eight. First time we've seen her in a late model down there. I thought that's cool. Yeah. And that was that was their boy, um, Hayden. That that was that was his race car. So uh, there's just a whole lot of whole lot of stories that are uh, are going on around around that race and a whole lot of things that were kinda had had a lot of people's interest. So that was cool that, that she did that and uh, she had been there earlier that year racing Oh, she ran, she ran an ASCS car there at a race. I think ASCS or OCRS. There was another time we streamed a race. I don't, I don't remember just exactly which, which one it was, but um, that we were there earlier this year, and she, she was there. So that was neat. She was in a, in a late model. And Whit Gastineau won the OCRS right down there. It's a big deal because we didn't see much racing this weekend. You probably had the most events of anybody this weekend even though uh, the grant young ann's memorial and the finale at 81 got wiped out you still had probably more races than anybody yeah. able to produce this weekend and i super fortunate to be able to do so i kind of felt like all in all I, you don't want to say it was a dud because you appreciate what got in but when you look at your whole schedule and you lose over half of what you got scheduled that's kind of a dud for racing yeah. dirt over a whole weekend you know so yeah um it, it was it was neat that uh, that we got in what we did, and I appreciate the the folks that, uh, that let us let us work and 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 do what we do. Um, but it was it was a little bit deflating to us too. You know, we lost the USMTS Championship weekend was a was a huge blow for us. Obviously, we we hang our hat on that series, and I don't I don't make any bones about it, and and I don't I don't mince any words about talking about how important of a driver that is for for what we do as a company and. Um, to lose those two events back back to back like that uh, at this point in the year where there's not really any option to reschedule them that that that, that sucks so uh, yeah they had five inches of rain on. at lakeside five inches oh yeah crazy crazy Wichita got hammered too I, I talked to, to jr and John throughout the course of the week leading up to it and it just it just wasn't going to be a good scenario for them either and and the weather was awful and cold just miserable i will tell you now here's what's crazy all right you may blow, blow you may blow your guys mind for a second i wore shorts both nights to boot hill we were there friday when they decided to cancel it and we weren't going to be able to, to get it dry enough to race uh, i wore shorts both nights and i'm telling you guys friday night felt like it just as well have been the third week in july it was so hot there walking walking through the pits i i never I, I was not prepared to deal with that level of heat humidity again it was like it's like 85 with humidity out of this world. It felt like it could rain at any minute, and, and, and it did later that night. So um, it, it felt like the middle of summer uh, 
which was cool come Saturday because it uh, made made for great conditions when the uh, when the weather did finally straighten up. Hey Trenton, have you seen our new website? Uh, yeah, I, I got a chance to look at it just a little. I haven't haven't seen a lot of it, but yes, yeah, I, I got a chance to look at it. That's that's uh, a cool deal. I think it's a, a a little bit. You know, we used your your friends, Jade. Yep. And Jeff, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 I like those guys a lot. Good guys. And, uh, we we, the, we do a lot with them. So they're per- but, Hey, what I like just talking about the. I don't know, you might get a little bit in the weeds for the uh, the listeners, but I really like their custom built back end, like. I'm a fool on on that sort of stuff, and so it, they basically made that thing foolproof. So I, I really appreciated that uh, when it comes to, to getting your getting your stuff published to the front side of that. Their uh, their custom content management system they built is really nice. Terrific. Well, you know, we've got to categorize with sprint cars and midgets, dirt late models, <laughs> dirt modifieds, drag racing, IndyCar, and NASCAR. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, their their uh, setup is really easy to work with, no doubt about it. It is. It's it's super cool, and and those two guys are easy to work with too. And that's I always appreciate that about them. Uh, it's nice to be able, you know, e- emails are great, and everybody emails, and you just blah 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 blah. It's nice sometimes. I'm sorry, I'm going to sound like my mother here for a second. Sometimes it's nice to just be able to pick up the phone, and and I I really I really like that about them. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Trenton, we can't thank you enough for being a part of uh, mostly motorsports each and every week, man. We, well, we can't thank you enough for doing so. Hey, if, if we're going to keep this party going, I can, uh, I can, I can watch the Chiefs and NASCAR tell it's done. Or I, I don't have any more racing really. We got a, uh, I got the dome, so I'm going to go work the dome and I'm going to go work the Wild West Shootout. So those, those are going to be some pretty, uh, pretty wild deals here coming up over the winter, but. Man, that uh, that pretty well puts a wrap on on my part of the racing dirt season. We got a few cart races that are coming up, but it's uh, we're we're getting that time of the year. It's uh, it's about time for me to be in on some basketball games here for the next month or so. I can't wait. Yep. What do you got? Some carts coming up here, I see. Yeah, yeah. We get we got some go kart racing coming up through this winter. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty excited about some neat stuff there. We're we're doing and um, just trying to trying to provide some stuff here and there for people that are interested. Some of this card stuff is pretty, it's pretty wild and pretty intense. Uh, I, uh, I've, I've watched a little bit more over here the past few years than I ever did before. So they race a lot of carts uh, in the off season. We got a picture at, at various places. We got a picture of you up there on the screen right now talking to Scott Bloomquist. Okay. Uh, probably, uh, that's probably my one at, uh, St. Louis, maybe. I don't. I don't have. I don't have it up in front yep, of me. Yep, it's at the dome. Yeah, yeah. The that's probably the last time I talked to him was was there in St. Louis. So he, um, uh, it was cool to see him go back and run the dirt track world championship. Uh, I don't know that he'll ever compete at the level he did before, and I think everybody is okay if he doesn't. You know what I mean when I say that. Uh, it was neat that he was able to get back and race, and I hope that he's able to race the races that he wants to race for the remainder of his career and, and it lasts as long as he wants it to and it isn't cut short by any sort of you know physical limitations so yeah. that was neat to see him get back and be able to compete L- love him love him or hate him 
we're going to all pay attention to him until he doesn't get behind the wheel anymore. And I'm I'm glad to see that his career did not come to an end because I was I'm not going to lie to you guys I was I was, I was kind of worried about that after that that bike wreck and that his rehab didn't go real well. So yeah, no um, doubt that was that was cool to see him back racing again. And we saw Billy Moyer win on racing dirt just Friday night. Yep. So how about that? Yep. Yep. That was pretty wild too. They uh, they had some had some theatrics in that late model race. Billy was was able to be right there at the end to get it done. So uh, that was that was neat to see. All right, thanks, Trenton. Can't appreciate you enough you for doing it every each and every week with us here on uh, Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Thanks so much for doing it, bud. Appreciate it. Look for look forward to it every Monday. You guys. have to get up early on Sunday morning to watch the Chiefs, right? We got a whole party planned at the house. I'll fill you guys. I'll clue you in all on it next week if you want me to come back on. I talk about it. We're going to have a whole German brunch and breakfast. My wife's planning food and drinks, and we got people coming to the house, and it's we're going to have a hell of a time. I can't wait. All right. Well, have a good time, and, and hopefully we won't lose. Yeah, hopefully. All right. See you guys. <laughs> all, right. all right. See you, Trent. There you go. All right. We're going to take a break when we come back. What time is that game? 8 o'clock in the morning? It is uh, 10.30. I think it's 8, 8, 8 a.m. our time, 8 o'clock right? in the morning on Sunday. Yeah, 8.20. I, I, I think it starts at, at 10.30 Eastern time. I don't know. It starts that later. They, they kept advertising that at 8 o'clock in the morning. Watch it on, uh, is that going to be on any kind of local TV or is that just on uh, It'll the be on local NFL TV. Network? Yeah, it's on our local TV. We'll watch it. Channel 41 in Kansas City? I don't know if it's 41 or Channel 5. I think I don't know what channel. I'll have to look and see. But. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod & Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod & Supply is an assortment of Rod & radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod & Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. 
Dirt Specialty Sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod M Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod M Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod M Supply is an assortment of Rod M's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod M Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodmsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years.
back. It's mostly motorsports. You know, we talk we talk a little bit about everything here on mostly motorsports. And uh, Kirk, what do you want to talk about now? Well, I was thinking about the NHRA. Did you watch the NHRA out at uh, Las Vegas yesterday? No. It's the next e- last event before they go to Pomona in a couple of weeks. But they had a little bit of controversy out there this weekend involving the headers on the funny cars of Bob Tasca III and J.R. Todd. After Bob Tasca had qualified number one on Saturday, he was DQ'd because the headers didn't go through. It was too wide, didn't go through a tunnel. And at first, when they caught him doing that, said, no, that's fine. But then later, a senior NHRA official that oversaw the people who did the tech inspections overrode the decision of the uh, tech inspectors saying that, no, that's that's not going to fly. He's DQ'd. So Bob Taska and his team were told once, and J.R. Todd the same thing, that, no, you're fine, go through, and then to come back later and said, no, you're disqualified. That caused a big ruckus out there on Saturday. Bob Tasca had qualified number one, but he ends up the number two qualifier. So he's still able to race, but it just it, it created uh, probably some unneeded controversy on Saturday, but it gave everybody a lot to talk about and to post about. So I'm not sure that maybe some folks there in the NHRA were thinking, eh, we like this kind of controversy. It's good for good for business kind of makes you wonder about all that but aside from all of that uh the winners in top fuel mike salinas as he beats justin ashley in the final in funny car robert height beats bob tasca the third in the final round erica enders pierce she's on her way to her sixth championship beat five-time champion Greg Anderson in the final after beating five-time champion Jake Coughlin in the semifinal. But he's a teammate to Erica, so you kind of figured that was going to happen. And Gage Herrera, who's been setting the world on fire in Pro Stock Motorcycle this year, did it again. He won another final round, and now they go to Pomona, and it looks like uh, Robert Height may be the guy to beat for this championship because Matt Hagen lost in the semifinals. I probably still think Matt Hagen's probably going to win the funny car. Steve Torrance is leading in top fuel. He's going for his fifth championship after Leah Pruitt lost in the first round because she slept at the tree. Tony Stewart's wife we're talking about. Right. She was sleeping on the Christmas tree and got beat on a hole shot by Josh Hart in the first round. So she's now third in points. Doug Coletta is now second. Steve Torrance is your leader. Uh, but it looks to me like Pro Stock Erica Enders and Pro Stock Motorcycle Gage Herrera has pretty well wrapped up these championships. Still some question in Funny Card Top Fuels. We go to Pomona. Steve Torrance. He's he's the guy to beat, isn't he? I think so, but Doug Coletta may have something to say about that before it's all through. So I, w- I wouldn't count him out. I don't think Leah Pruitt's going to get it done. I think she had her opportunity 
yesterday, and she went in as the points leader. But to me, it's between Steve Torrance and Doug Coletta, who's never won a championship, by the way. But Steve Torrance has got four of them, so you probably have to favor Steve Torrance when it's all through. But Ron Capps going for his third straight funny car title, that's not going to happen this year. He lost in the first round. He's out of the title chase. I think it's Matt Hagan's championship to win, but Robert Height still has a shot at it. All right. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show today on on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk, you got anything you want to add? So you made your decision. You're going to Charlotte? I think I'm going to go to Charlotte. Anybody from PA going to Charlotte? Is Marie going down there? Is Tammy going down there? Anybody going over there? to charlotte so you'll have to leave like tomorrow the next day in order to get down there will you not or are you going to try to make wednesday it's all time trials on I, wednesday I, i've got to find a motel room first yeah uh, you got to make sure you got a place to stay yep no doubt that may be a bigger challenge in charlotte than it is in phoenix could be yeah no doubt so you better know where you're going to stay before you go to any of these two places. Yep, for sure. All right, thanks, everybody. I want to thank Todd Surprise for doing such a great job each and every week right here on Mostly Motorsports. For my partner, Crook Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here. Oh, first of all, let's don't forget Track Talk on Saturday mornings. Every Saturday morning, 8 o'clock Central Time, right here on RBN, the Race Boys Broadcasting Network. That's when we'll have that Brad Sweet interview on Saturday morning. Yep, no doubt. So hopefully you'll tune in and listen on Saturday morning. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. farming equipment or race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rod we don't just sell them we race them rod serving the racing community for over 30 years